You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. With its relatively offbeat fast food colors of orange and brown, solid all-American branding, and especially its status as one of this country's oldest QSR brands, A&W is not only a survivor in the restaurant industry, but very definitely its own unique fast food character. Today, the chain's turnaround CEO, Kevin Bosner, joins the show to talk all things root beer and a very big surprise coming up on the menu at A&W right after this. The Interactive Customer Experience Association's mission is to connect B2C brands to technology that elevates the customer experience. Brands have access to resources, project help, news and insights based around boosting their customer experience. Suppliers gain network opportunities to reach these brands and help them provide solutions to elevate their customer experience. Join today at ICXA.org. There is something very lovable about A&W, and it's not just the brand's great root bear mascot, Rudy, though he is pretty cute with his little orange turtleneck and all, but really... With A&W, the affinity might have more to do with the chain's kind of all-American branding. Now, I'm not sure whether that lends itself to the brand's popularity overseas, where it does indeed have quite a following, but perhaps today's podcast guest, A&W CEO Kevin Bosner, can shed a little light on that question and more. Welcome, Kevin. Oh, thanks. Shelley, it's great to be with you here again on a podcast. It, it is. So tell us, what do you think makes this brand kind of lovable? Is that just me? No, it is not you. Not even <laughs> close. And <clears throat> it's a lot of people. And never has that been clearer to us than this year, which is our centennial year. A&W Restaurants is 100 years young this year. So we have been um, uh, reaching into, well, thank you so much. Uh, And we've been spending a lot of time really over the last two years and getting ready for this year and then throughout the course of this year, looking at those stories and looking at what you know, what what has made this brand so special for so many people for so many years. And there there are stories out there that they're they're rampant. Uh everywhere I travel and I most uh, almost always travel with some sort of logo gear or an A and W pin on or something. And I hear the stories. We hear the stories all the time. And what it is it's warm memories that people have of the brand about their what they were experiencing in their life when they uh, came across the brand, whether it was that first date, whether it was a root beer float with their grandparents in the back of the car in the old A&W drive-in. There are thousands of those stories, and they are real. Um, there's a great affinity for the brand, and yes, Rudy, our mascot, but Rudy didn't come into play until the 70s, so he's only... He's only he's not even quite half of our hundred year history, but it's those long it's those fond memories of the brand, and they are uh, they're they're very they're very broad. Uh, I get them all the time when I travel, all the time. 
Well, that's something you can't buy. You have to earn. And after 100 years, you certainly have earned it. So give us kind of an idea of the brand at the moment. Like, you know, how many locations you've got, worldwide presence. And tell us how AW's branding as that all-American entity that it is provides you with both opportunities and maybe some challenges in the current market. Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, today, A&W, uh, here in the U.S., let's start with that, we're about 600 locations uh, throughout the U.S. In addition to that, we have uh, 375 locations in international markets, mostly in um, Southeast Asia. So um, that's the scale of the business today. We are starting to grow and have started to grow the business again. In the last several years since uh, we did the acquisition, it'll be eight years ago this December that we acquired the business from Yum Brands. And uh, the last couple of years, we've been uh, uh, growing the business again, and that growth is starting to accelerate. But as far as the brand and the opportunities and the challenges, those those memories, you're, you're absolutely right, Shelley, those can't be bought. Uh, those have to be earned, sometimes the hard way. Um, but those memories are real. And for the better part of eight years, we've been tapping into those memories and trying to bring them forward to today's. And that's the challenge. How do we make that relevant today? Um, so if you think about it generationally, we have our, our challenge has been with the brand well known throughout the country and, and, and for a hundred years now. But generationally, so the brand really grew up and us baby boomers, of which I'm in, in that category, grew up with the brand. Okay. The millennials and Gen Z, which are now the workforce and, and, and the future workforce did not grow up with the brand. So our challenge is bridging, has been bridging that gap. How do we, Biggest challenge is how do we stay relevant to our core consumer, which is the baby boomers, whom are a shrinking consumer base for multiple reasons, eating less, eating less QSR, um, and the millennials, and then the Gen, Gen Z, the millennials, which is as large, in fact, larger than the baby boomers, and now have the spending power, right? Yeah. How do we bridge that gap? And, and, the, and what was key for us is, looking at those those two generations, if you may, and into the third generation, we're looking for the same thing, authenticity, right? Um, um, honesty. Um, and this brand has authenticity. We have our own history to go back in. So we, uh, from a branding standpoint, we, we coined the phrase seven years ago, hip nostalgia. Um, how do we make, how are we relevant today and capturing our own nostalgia, right? Our own hundred years of history. And that has resonated with the millennials and the Gen Zs, that authenticity. And it really starts with um, our signature product, which was, which is A&W Root Beer. Okay. Um, it's as authentic as it can get. We were the original, and this day of craft beverage craze, <laughs> we have a hundred year old craft beverage, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And we do. And, and by that, I mean, 
And, and the brand started to lose that. We brought it back in that we make our product in the restaurants every day in every single restaurant to pretty much the same recipe as was developed 100 years ago. No preservatives, all natural ingredients, right? Um, and we make it in the store. So it's really, we consider to be one of, if not the original craft beverage. So that's one of the ways that we've bridged that gap, right? Yeah. It's authentic, it's real, and it's a nod to our own heritage, um, uh, which is really founded very much on A&W root beer, served, of course, in a frosted glass mug. Right. Of course, of course. There's nothing. Oh God, this is a, now I'm thirsty. Um, <laughs> so, so tell me, um, then, and I, I mean, let's be honest. This brand kind of has a few fried and otherwise not particularly helpful offerings. Um, so, how do you approach an increasingly health diet fat? calorie conscious American public, or, or do you just, you know, throw it out and wear your indulgences proudly and say, live a little? Well, uh, the latter, there's a lot of truth to the latter about we, we, we do consider ourselves uh, an indulgent brand, right? Um, when you want something special, when you want to treat yourself, when you want to take that trip down memory lane with your children or grandchildren, what a great place to come. But a&W. Having said that, with the new consumer or the current consumer um, that we're trying to, to build, the millennials, Gen Zs, uh, if you may, there is. Um, I don't know if it's more conscious or just different in terms of their health and, and environmental uh, needs, if you may. So we are looking. We are looking at that. We are doing some things. For example, we have just completed a test and now our offering um, system-wide a plant-based burger. Wow. Uh, we have tested and we are offering just just literally hot off the press. Uh, we will, in that, be, over the next couple of weeks, be offering uh, to any of our franchise partners across the country that feel that they have a market for the product, um, all the tools they need and, and product that they need to introduce it onto their menus, right? Um, it is a product that we think, um, well, the jury, I think, is still out a bit on whether it's a fad or whether it's real. We think it's real, um, and we're catering to that need, and we're finding that the consumer for that product is not necessarily just a vegetarian. There are is a broad uh, group of consumers that are just simply looking to reduce the intake of red meat in their diet, but they still want a burger, right? Yeah. And that so that's is one of fascinating news. Yeah. yeah. Can you, yeah. Can so you tell we're, us we're... anything about the actual product? It's, I mean, it is available now, correct? It, it is available now in about 30 locations. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be available more broadly in the next 30 to 60 days as we roll it out throughout the system, as we make it available throughout the system. So is this a plant-based uh, burger? Yes, it's beyond meat, beyond beyond burger, if you may, beyond meat uh, versus you know um, 
the the other big big name in the category, which is Impossible Burger. So we're rolling out Beyond Meat and making it available to all of our franchise partners. Uh, and you'll see more of it throughout A&W locations um, in the next 30 to 60 days. And if you don't see it in your A&W location, we'll ask the owner, the manager, uh, let them know that you're interested in it um, because it is it will be available uh, to all of our operators across the country. So <clears throat> that's one of the dietary things that we're doing, and we're looking at oh, other opportunities uh, going forward. But right now, uh, the Beyond Burger, uh, we're making it available throughout the system. And then additionally with that, not so much dietary, but just the um, environmentally conscious. One of the things, we went back and we've done, we've done the math on this. Since we brought made-in-store fresh root beer back into the system across, you know, across the entire system, so every store in the system you can now get um, made fresh daily. Well, along with that, for our dine-in customers, um, we serve the product in a frosted mug. Well, a frosted mug means no paper cup, means no lid, means no straw. And we calculated that over the last, since we've acquired the business, there are tens of millions of cups and lids and straws that we have prevented from going into the landfill because of bringing back in a major way the use of our frosted glass, reusable mug, right? Something old is new again, right? (laughs) Something old is new again. And that isn't the total answer, but I got to tell you, it's a big step in the right direction. Tens of millions, tens of millions of straws and cups and and lids that we've kept out of landfill. We need to do more, and we're looking to do more, but that's a big step for us. Um, and it's one of the ways in which we're addressing the environmental concerns of our of today's consumer. And that's an experience with that root beer in the mug. I, it's just, it makes me smile just to think about, you know, also an experience is actually some of these locations themselves, maybe all of them. We've discussed before how many communities find E&W to be kind of their non-alcohol version of Cheers particularly in the many ways smaller towns and rural areas um, kind of embrace this brand. So as you expand and grow, do you move away from that or is it still central to who you are and how does that look as far as your execution goes in the year ahead with your growth? Well, that's a great question, Shelley, in that, um, the, the, the history of A&W is rooted in those smaller communities where we had been the meeting place, right? That's where many first dates. I can't tell you how many, when we reached out to our consumer base last year in anticipation and preparation for our centennial, um, we wanted to tell uh, the part of our 100-year story from the voice in the eyes and the experiences of our guests, right? And employees uh, from over the years. I can't tell you how many stories we got about weddings, right? And anniversaries and, (laughs) you know, the first dates and everything else. It was that community. And on the other hand, along with that, that was the foundation of the brand throughout our history. It was in these smaller 
uh, communities throughout the country, these smaller towns, if you will, these towns of seven and eight and 10 and 15,000 people. Those are not very big towns, right? But from our growth strategy, um, we are, we are targeting, um, those types of communities because those are one, that's where the, the strong memories are. That's, those are the roots, if you may, the heritage of the A&W brand. And so we are reopening, in many cases, reopening where an A&W used to be, a community where an A&W used to be, and we're reopening in those communities, and we're doing, we're doing extremely well. So we're, we're continuing to focus, and not only in the year ahead, but in, in several years, in the next number of years, we look at that being just a, a perfect ground um, for us to uh, expand the chain again. So we are actively looking for operators and locations in these smaller um, communities, these smaller cities across the country, uh, particularly throughout the upper Midwest and the Pacific Northwest, where the memories are strong, the loyalty is strong, and we can still be that that community gathering place, if you may. You know, kind of on the flip side of that, um, and I know there are some super savvy social media folks at A&W, but uh, how do you stay in that kind of next door neighbor vein of communication in largely online communication channels that can get very impersonal and even a little ugly in ways that neighbors wouldn't never talk to each other face to face? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, <clears throat> You know that that community involvement, that 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 you know community community meeting place for us is uh, versus social media, if you may, right? Uh, they're very they're two different things. So you know, in terms of that community involvement, we we are um, given our scale and given our successes in getting the the message of this brand out. It is really about community involvement. And in those smaller towns, in um, somewhat, in many cases, more rural communities, right? The opportunities for the Little League baseball teams, right? The Fourth of July parade participation, the community events that take place throughout the community, literally every day. The schools getting involved with the schools and the athletics, and whether it be the football team or the swim team or the soccer team, that is still a very big part of our local store marketing. And so we are finding and have found over these last eight years that that is still, that still resonates with the consumer is to get And Although we are a chain, we are a national chain. Um, the consumer views us as their A and W, their local A and W. One of which is because we're locally owned and operated, right? They are, are the, the, all but four of our restaurants are operated by franchisees, right? And they are members of that community. So actively engaging in that community through all the things that I mentioned is a big part of us getting the brand message out through local store um, marketing. And that's the community involvement, separate from social media as we know it today, right? Sure. Yeah, but I imagine there is some kind of um, if you have have folks on those swim teams and soccer teams and the like, they engage with the brand. I'm sure you know that's something you can tap into and trade pictures of the team and that kind of thing. 
Absolutely. And that, you know, that's the bridge into the, the whole social media uh, approach. And it also helps us to br- bridge that generational gap that I talked about earlier, what one of our challenges. One of, you know, the, the, the boomers as, as historically the core customer, how do we make that, um, how do we bridge that gap into the millennials and, and Gen Z, which have very different upbringing, very different um, demands than as a consumer, uh, than perhaps the baby boomers. And the social media does help us to bridge that. And how is, you know, the, and, and, and I'm sure you're aware of this, is baby boomers is the largest growth segment of Facebook, right? They're, yeah. They're the, 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 uh, they're they're becoming uh, they, they are the growth market for Facebook. Um, so while we can continue to, to to communicate with our you know millennials and, and and Gen Zs to a great extent, while still communicating with our baby boomers, if you may, through Facebook. The difference is is now you've got you know Snapchat and Instagram and all these things that. Millennials and particularly Gen Z have gravitated for and are, are really moving away from Facebook, right? Yeah. So we have to play in those platforms as well. But for us over eight years, Facebook and then all the other the, the, the social media channels that have followed subsequently have been a great bridge for us to close the gap between generations. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. I loved watching this brand, and it sounds like you all are just propelling forward with uh, great velocity. Uh, It's always a delight to talk to you and about A&W. And the same goes for our listeners, who I really appreciate every single day, which is among the many reasons I wish everyone listening and Kevin, you a very happy rest of the day. Bye-bye now.